introducing Minor Wisdom Quintet. I am assuming that there are quite a few new ears to this podcast. This is Minor Wisdom. This is a podcast that celebrates and features Texas theater educators. Every once in a while, I branch off and get somebody that was maybe affected or influenced by Texas theater education, but this is what I do. It's very niche. Welcome, if you were a first-time listener. Uh, look back at the archives and see if there's any anybody you know, any familiar names that you might want to listen to. Uh, if you do like this podcast, make sure you please leave a rating, leave a good five-star rating. <laughs> five stars, yeah, baby. And maybe leave a good comment or two. Please don't troll me. That wouldn't be cool. So anyway, I want to welcome you guys. This is a podcast I wish I had done last year or an episode I wish I had done last year. But of course, because of COVID-19, we were not able to have a state festival. Now, a lot of these directors weren't competing at all last year. They didn't have any sort of competition. Some did. Uh, I did. We competed a couple times. We were even eliminated before we were, everybody was eliminated. So that's a good feeling. Hey, anyway, too soon. But uh, these directors are now state qualifying directors. I had 12 directors on again, and it was amazing. It's so fun. This is why I do this podcast. It is so fun to sit and talk to people that do what I love to do. This is a selfish podcast. It is for me to talk to people, to get to know people around the state of Texas and beyond a little bit uh, of that, that teach theater. And so I was so excited to get to do this. I reached out to quite a few people. I reached out to a few people that uh, did not ever respond and that's okay. Not everybody uses Facebook Messenger and that's fine, but uh, I was so grateful to have the people on that I had on. Now, in between each interview that I do with these individuals, uh, and in some cases, uh, some groups of, of directors, the, the, the whole entire staff that is in the theater department, uh, in between each interview, you'll hear like a whoosh. I know I could play it right now, but why wait? Why take the time? I, I'm not in the editing mode, but you would hear a whoosh. And so that's how you know somebody new is coming up. Instead of me doing an interlude of who is about to speak, they introduce themselves. And that, that's not really the normal modus operandus MO, if you will, but uh, they introduce themselves. In the notes, you'll see the names of the people, not in order of the interviews, but in order of alphabet by last name. So you'll see their name, you'll see the high school that they teach for, or teach for, teach at, teach good like. Anyway, you'll see that high school that they're qualifying with. And uh, I, I'm going to put the the division as well, the 1A, 2A, the class, if you will, not the division, but 1A, 2A, 3A, 4A, all that stuff. So uh, you will see that. So keep listening. If you're not hearing who you want to hear, you know, it is what it is. Also, uh, the audio is a little different for each interview. So I'm sorry if you're writing the fader, as we say in the world of sound engineer, but uh, if you if you find that that's kind of annoying, I really apologize, but I interviewed some people on their phone, I interviewed some people that went straight to Zoom, I interviewed some people on my you know home setup, my home uh, gear, if you will, all different types of interviews and different setups. So I apologize for the fluctuation uh, that's pretty much for you, Stuart, because you've complained in the past. Also, Billy, I hope you have two Diet Cokes or two uh, drinks this Sunday morning 
when this comes out because this is a long one. So sit back and relax, Billy. Thank you for your support. If you are somebody that supports this podcast, please follow me on Twitter at Mr. Blake Miner. Friend me on Facebook. I've had quite a few. Again, I mention that every week, but Facebook seems to be the way to go uh, for the people that listen to this podcast. And a final note, uh, I, I posted this on Facebook. Speaking of Facebook, speaking of Mark Zuckerberg, thank you, Zuck. Shout out to the Zuck. Anyway, but uh, I am changing my job again. <clears throat> now, to be fair, last year I was leaving Dulles High School to pursue an MFA at the University of Houston so that ultimately I could eventually teach college. And maybe that's still somewhere out there, somewhere out there. Some of you know that reference anyway, but maybe that's still somewhere on the horizon. But uh, I went to Travis High School and could not be more grateful for the time that I've been at Travis High School. I'm still there, so uh, I, maybe that'll change. But uh, I am so grateful for Jessica Swafford, Sarah LaBerge, the principal, uh, Derek Pope, my assistant principal, my T-Test supervisor, even though T-Test was kind of a, a, a wash this year. But I'm so grateful for those people that brought me on, Travis Springfield, for letting me even like come back to the district. Um, and that is so awesome. But uh, I was approached about a position at the John Cooper School, which is up in the Woodlands. It is a private school. And my wife and I have been wanting to get up to the Woodlands for literally a decade. And I've been working up there for over 20 years working with Class Act Productions. And it's just a, a destination that we wanted to get to. So I am now the technical theater director for the upper school at the John Cooper School, uh, teaching with Ashley Cooper, lots of Coopers in there, uh, teaching with, with Ashley Cooper. Uh, and I'm, I haven't been this excited since Richard Corby, the former road manager for Straight No Chaser, called me and said, we'd like you to join the group. Not the group, but... I can't sing, not that well. I sing, I mean, my shower thinks I sing well, but nowhere else. But anyway, I am joining that school, the John Cooper School, Go Dragons, uh, on August 1st. That's my first contract date, and I am so excited. I got to go see one of their shows this past week, The Crucible, got to see their final dress, and it was unique AF, brah, because it was outside, it was in six different, six, five different uh, locations. You got up and you walked around and it was like a choose your own adventure, but <clears throat> you knew what Proctor was about to do. But anyway, I'm very excited. I want you guys to enjoy this podcast, this episode. It's a very popular one. Uh, again, 12 amazing, great teams of directors, 12 amazing organizations, schools, uh, best of luck at state, break a leg. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, my name is Robert Archer. Um, I've been teaching for six years, two of which were in middle school, which I was terrible at. And then the last four years have all been at Kemner High School in Fort Bend. Why do you, why were you terrible? What were you, what was wrong with middle school what, or what was wrong with you at middle school? I don't want to say what was wrong with the middle school. <laughs> why, why were you not? I, okay. It was my first, obviously my first experience in education. I don't have the empathy level gotcha. for for students in that time period of their yeah. life. And <laughs> I just really couldn't connect with like some of them. And one minute they love you. And then the next minute they scream at you. And then the next minute they're cursing. And then the next minute they're asking for a hug. And then they're hungry. And I just couldn't keep up. Right. And, I got that. And also, you know, 
the work you do in middle school is just so different from what you can sometimes do in high school. So, unless but I, was, I was great. I was so good at it, but I just wasn't. No, I was terrible. Yeah, was unless terrible you're Destiny Miller. In that case, she can do, you know, Everything. waiting for Godot at the middle school level. And they and would eat it up. Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. Like, and I couldn't. I could yeah. not. I get that. Some people, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the same way. I'm not cut out for that. But anyway, uh, uh, the, the, uh, so you guys did, uh, man of the marigold in the round at, oh yeah, yeah. the best long show ever. Um, it's called the effect of gamma rays on man of the moon marigolds by Paul Zindel. Um, yeah, super long title. Yeah. What's the, what's Um, the swag look like for that, for a show like that? What's the swag? Yeah, the, the the swag, the swag, the swag, whatever people call it. I call it swag, isn't it swag? Like the like your show shirt. Do you did you? Oh, like swag. Is that? I thought it was swag. I thought like swag. Isn't swag the stuff you get that has the name of something like a band name? Isn't that or is that swag? I thought it was oh, swag. Okay, I'm an idiot. I thought anyway. swag was like. Honestly, I don't think I've ever heard anyone say swag. Well, I'm Jewish. Anyway, what is swag? <laughs> uh, what what's the? What, never mind. Don't even explore that. Go back. What? So, hey, Robert, right? That's your name. Anyway, Robert. Yeah. Okay. What did you did you choose this show um, for this particular year because of just the message that it gave, or did you choose it because you had the students and it was kind of the the thing you wanted to do? What what was the reason you guys chose it? Okay, I'm going to be so honest. Um, we chose this show as a, almost our completely last option. Um, we had done this show about four years ago in a really smaller production, completely like none of these students were ever, I don't even think saw it. Um, and I hated it. I hated, like, not the production, the script. Um, it's just not my general go to, not a show I um, ever really resonated with me at the time. So we got to this year and, you know, we we're, we came off a pretty strong year last year, even though it all fell apart there at the end, if you will. But um, I had lined up probably, I would say me and Smith, uh, my co-director, we uh, lined up about three other shows before this one and started the really early process of designing and cutting. And we just realized we did not have students who are able to participate for various reasons. Um, and we got down to finding out we had, you know, only one male student available and I couldn't put one student who would have no possibility of an understudy with the shows we were looking at. So then we jokingly, I said like, what if we did Marigold's? And we scoffed and I scoffed. And then it realized we realized like it had to be the one. The other shows that we could have done, we would not have gotten approved um, for this year. And yeah, and so we had the girls. I knew that they would find something in it. And I hoped that them finding something in it would make me enjoy the process more because I 100% expected to hate this year. Um, and fortunately we read it, they were all really excited. They all felt the show had something to say, which helped me then sort of find my way into it to help lead them. Um, but it was not our first choice. I'm so glad we did it. I'm glad 
I think it taught me that great lesson that you hear it all the time, but you don't always believe it, that you don't do the show that you, you want, you do the show that your kids need. And like this year is a shining example of it. I, I never would have chosen this play, right. but I did it because it, it really was the one that my kids needed. Do you, do you think, cause sometimes, and I don't, I don't mean this, this, this means nothing against your kids. Cause a, I know uh, some of your kids, but do you think not that you had low expectations of what your kids could do on stage, but your expectations weren't exactly through the roof for your, your motivation for this show wasn't exactly like, I can't wait to do this. It, I'll compare it to me. I did high school musical years ago, obviously, and I was not excited about it, but it ended up being a cute little performance and it made it a lot of money. But, um, I ended up the, the expectations outdid themselves. I, uh, we, we outdid our, 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 I keep saying expectations, but we outdid them. Do you think that that's sort of the case this year? I mean, you you walked in kind of being like, we're going to put something on stage. We're going to be proud of what we put on stage. But if, if it ends at zone or district, it ends at zone or district, you know? Yeah. I think I have these little powerhouses this yeah. year. Um, not little. You, yeah. <laughs> no, not little. Uh, I mean, I have, these girls who are really committed and really capable yeah. and really daring girls. Um, so when I looked at the script and I knew everyone would see it every time we went to a contest and rolled their eyes, cause you've seen a thousand productions of this show before. I knew that if, it, if anyone was going to do this show to the highest level, it would be them. And so kind of having those lower expectations of the possibility of the show made us work even harder to make it more than we could have imagined. It sounds weird. Like we had low expectations only to have really high expectations because we couldn't be just your, another production of the yeah. show. We had to find something else in it. And fortunately those girls, I knew if they could turn anything into gold, if they wanted to. Right. And I mean, I think they did. They turned it, well, <laughs> they, tur they turned it into marigold. They, that, shut up. Um, <laughs> I mean, I had to go there. So you, your, your, uh, all contests, you now have had the, one of the best performers. Is that, I mean, like, I can't imagine the kind of pressure that she must now feel, you know, thinking, well, if, if I don't get it, then, you know, like, or, or is there pressure? I mean, I just, you know, it's like, it's, I'll liken it to sports. It's like, if Tom Brady doesn't win the Super Bowl, then, that sucks for, <laughs> for him, but he's probably going into every season thinking I have to win it or I'm letting right. people down. That's the expectation now. Now, now it's kind of the expectation that she become the strong performer. Do you feel, do you think she's feeling any sort of pressure or is she going in every show thinking it's a new day? So 100% no, she, uh, she definitely felt the pressure in the beginning. Yeah. Um, she, Elika DK, is her name and she's incredible i've yes. used her in every show i think i've done at kempner that she's auditioned for uh, a freshman year she was my lead in one act um incredible girl and i she felt the pressure from the beginning yeah um i think there was no hiding the fact that we were going to depend on her a little bit just because she's such a powerhouse and and, and the students look up to her, the, the school in general looks up to her as a, as a performer and a person. Yeah. 
um, she felt the pressure. I think early on in the process, we hit a snag. Uh, and I'm sure every director has had this moment, but there was a moment where she got in her head uh, a lot and the show took multiple steps backwards. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took us a really long time and a really hard rehearsal week for everyone involved until we realized that we had to let go of the pressure of best performer or the pressure of leading you know, such a small cast. Right. I mean, she doesn't leave the stage, but for 20 seconds, I think total in the 40 minutes. Um, and once we got past that, she sort of just did what she knows how to do and what what she's worked so hard to create. Um, but no, she got in her head. And uh, I, it's something that a lot of young actors do. One, they start to try to portray what they think the character is, forgetting that they are the character. Yeah. And so they they start making a vision in their head and that vision of who they're playing isn't them. It doesn't look like them. It doesn't sound like them. It literally isn't them. And I think for a young actor, that's such a a hard lesson to learn that it's you. You're, it's your body. It's your voice. It's your mind going into this character. So let it be close to you. Let it sound like you. Don't try to do something which is the impossible becoming quite literally physically someone else it's like whenever you play um i have students all the time there might play a role that's described as like tall and they're five one and then they don't know what to do because the character's supposed to be tall and you're like well no you're not it's the character's no longer tall mm-hmm. you're short yeah. <laughs> you're short be short she got into her head like that she was putting on a lot of previous uh characterizations of other actresses who have played it and she wasn't putting herself in it and then she was worried about letting everyone down instead of letting them support her and raise her up and raising them up to a, a, another level and we had a hard week lots of lots of conversations lots of come to jesus meetings if you will and she turned a corner and the second that she turned a corner everyone else turned with her and it was both her mindset was bringing everyone down, but also their mindsets weren't able to go further because they could see that their comrade was still falling behind. Um, when we worked past that, it was great. Everyone got better. And she fortunately has, really fortunately, received Best Performer all the way up. Um, and we've had our other actress, Crystal, also received Best Performer with her. Um, and they've all ran with awards. And so they've really all just been clicking. And you want to say it's, you know, we put all this pressure on Elika to be the leader, the strength. Um, and she is, but we really realized there before competition really started that this was an all for one, one for all sort of show and everyone had to be strong. Everyone had to be on their game. Everyone had to support each other. And then, yeah, the realization of that made everyone realize, what's the word? How important ensemble is and family, mm-hmm. which ended up working really well because we, it's a family play all about looking for love and comfort and feeling important. And so it started to resonate really well within the show. Wendy Pratt. Um, I've been with Telosos since I think 2010. 
Um, and before that, I was in Austin ISD for a very short amount of time, and then Cypress Fairbanks. Okay. I worked at um, Cypress Woods and Cypress Creek with Marilyn Miller. Okay. I'm Curtis Ashby with Teloso Midway, and I have been in the educational arena uh, for eight years. Seven of those years have been here at TM with the additional year at Marble Falls ISD. And I'm Lynn Esquivel, and I've been teaching for 13 years, and I've also been at Teloso Midway for seven years. Before this, I was at Corpus Christi Independent School District. So you guys were hired on at the same time? Yes. Wow. Lucky you, Wendy. That's got such a good job that year. I was able to be in everybody's interview. Wow. That's really cool. Was was the plan to to hire on two teachers at that time? Or was it like we've got it? Well, a... um, no, we definitely needed a middle school teacher. Okay. Ashby just happened to be down here seeing the pack being built. So that year was when the fly was going in, and we're one of like I think two or three auditoriums in the Gulf Coast that actually have a fly system. Right. Right. So he drove by and was very excited and contacted us. Right. Yeah. That's a. I. I was just. Uh, uh, I just accepted a, a position at a at a private school that. Uh, and this will be this will be public by the time this pod drops. But uh, sure. that has a fly system, but it's a private school, and I can't tell you how excited I am um, to like educate the kids about something that's actually out there in the real world. But anyway, <laughs> enough about that. So this year, you guys uh, advanced with. What show? What what show's going to state? Over the River and Through the Woods. Okay, Over the River and Through the Woods. Did you guys choose this show for this year as far as a message is concerned, or did you choose it uh, sort of in your traditional, we've got kids for this part, we've got, you know, that kind of way? What was your method? This is kind of a unique year with yeah. COVID. Um, and so going into discussions, we were all very much on board for this show. Number one, we love the show. Um, but we had enough kids probably to double cast the show and that's what we did so that if there was an issue with COVID, um, we would hopefully still have a group that could continue competing. That's good. That's smart. And did, and follow up question, did you guys have anything, anything you can disclose? Did you guys have any complications or issues with kind of current year or did, uh, as one director put it, did you just have the simple like a uh, kid got a flat tire and is late to rehearsal type issues or, uh, you know, uh, we didn't really have any kids. Um... We had one in quarantine early on, but his the person who was playing his part was also here. OK, so never had anything major. We had a few kids have to get tested, but they'd just be gone a day and right. we just put in their other characters. So it was fine. Have, have you found that this might be a thing you continue? As far as not the coat, not the it has put yeah. them on fire a little bit, yeah. Just to know that there's constantly somebody that's ready to, to step in, yeah. It's, I mean, if I add to yeah. one of the most amazing educational things about the way we approached this show was that having two casts was probably the most educational experience we've had. If a student wasn't on stage in rehearsal, they were watching their understudy or counterpart do the part. And they were able to understand from the audience perspective what we what reads, what doesn't read, what works, what doesn't work. And so we were constantly disinfecting and swapping <laughs> out casts. But um, that gave the students as a whole, whether you're on stage or backstage or off stage, you're constantly watching and constantly kind of auditioning, really. Um, we put up the kids on stage before we went to contest to see 
who's going to put in the work and the kids honestly i feel were 100 percent focused in making the, the effort to be better and to take the notes and to apply what we're trying to teach them that's great that's great feedback now now i want to kind of armchair quarterback a little bit because i know you can't you can't answer this for real uh but do you think you'd be advancing to state if you didn't have that sort of kind of competitive the back and forth do you think the kids would have gotten to that point i know again that's hypothetical but um that sort of competitive nature having the kids see each other and work better and better and better in a stair step kind of way do you think that's what got them to where they are now not necessarily because i feel like we're always very competitive on our end and very thorough as a team and work very well together working with the kids as well as a giant part of the team to collaborate and create the best start that we possibly can good yeah. Okay. That's an acceptable answer. I'll take that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they yeah, relaxed what? us more because I felt like before every contest they had to audition. Right. So you knew no one was going to come unprepared because right. they had to re-audition before every contest. Does so. that? I mean, that's got to be tough for you guys too because we all know how like just auditioning a musical where you're kind of you know if you're doing Wizard of Oz you're thinking every kid's getting a role but it's just a matter of where they fit kind of idea. Mm-hmm. That's got that had to have been kind of stressful but also fun at the same time because you guys are also uh you're not getting stale uh as directors you know when it comes to we've got to make sure things stay fresh and and we've always got these kids competing so do you want to speak on that about maybe you know if 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 in the future there are directors out there that have the kids that have the numbers to be able to do what you guys did any sort of tips tricks uh ways that they could go about doing that that helps them out I think one of the things that that worked really well on our end was encouraging the support of the two different groups of each other. Mm -hmm. And that has helped immensely because there wasn't, um, there was a a competition obviously there between them, but they really encouraged one another and building that ensemble is really important to being able to do this so that they're not trying to edge each other out in a a mean way. Yeah, it, it was very uh, supportive, and, and the kids were contributing. They would, you know, if, if one of them was struggling, that that counterpart was there to encourage and give a hug or give a thought or a suggestion or remind them what line they dropped or what didn't happen in a run-through or something. So they were constantly contributing and being supportive. Yeah. yeah did, did you want to say? <laughs> no, I mean, I just, the same thing, basically. Yeah. There's our leads, I think, were the two boys who played the lead were the best. I mean, they literally go to the side and teach each other things that we had complimented in notes, and they'd be like, it's right. this way. And so I felt that that was amazing because they had the lead, and they just remained such close friends and helped each other all the time. I saw them the most working with each other, and I thought it was great. And this theme of this place theme is about family, and this was certainly off stage, and if you could see the rehearsal process, this was a family-oriented, family-driven um, approach and process for us, I feel. What What are your individual roles? I mean, do you guys have kind of the hat, the, what are the hats that you guys wear? I know it's probably like- We have multiple yeah, different- Yeah, depending, depending on the show, it might change, that kind of stuff, but uh, uh, normally- Yeah, we all help out wherever we have strengths, yeah. and I think we try and pitch in wherever uh, we need to. Um, uh, I handle a lot of the paperwork, but if one of them needs to help me out with that, they do that. Right. Um, uh, we direct together. We all 
um, add into the notes and everything that we do. And we work in the blocking. We try and work all together. And um, we always try different things. That's the one thing as a team. You, um, you have to have some time to be able to go, okay, uh, we're going to try your way because this didn't work today. My way didn't work. So let's try this other way. Um, and the kids contribute to that too. So it's not just us, it's all of them. Um, think about individual roles, paperwork, front office stuff, um, all of that good stuff. Um, I, I, uh, he's a set I, design guru right here, obviously. Um, I, I do want to say, I do not drive the truck to the contest. <laughs> That's, That's good. That's Wendy. Okay. So, yeah. uh, for those, I, I like to sit on the front seat of the bus. So uh, that's some information for, for anyone out there. There you there. go. So okay. the yeah, I'm the truck driver. Okay. I think for the most part, Curtis does all the set, and we, of course, tell him if it's not working or something's in the way. But for blocking, um, acting, characterization, accents, we both do it, and we sit together for cuts. Like, we'll come the next day, like, I have this. What do you have? And so we just collaborate all the time every day because we see each other every day. So... It just works. And Curtis, because I love when Curtis comes in, he doesn't see it every day or coach them every day right. on the acting, but he'll come in and be like, what about this with a fresh set of eyes? Yep. And it totally helps completely too. So he also adds to the acting as well. And yep. we're also too, I mean, we pull the music together. We are on mm -hmm. Amazon buying props together. I mean, we're, we do things from the right. bottom to the top and we just kind of layer each other depending. One on of our students even composed most of the music for this year's show. Oh, wow. So there's a whole new, uh, yeah, that's a whole new pathway. So was that something that you knew could be done or was that something that kind of you fell into? Yeah, we knew he had capabilities. Okay. Uh, we entered a film contest last semester and he had composed music for that, but he's just very musically inclined. And we've had students over the years. Uh, I think 2016, we had uh, a student compose all of the music on a guzing, like a Chinese harp. Okay. Um, we just have musical students. We rely on them to go, hey, what can you guys do? And, and they come in with their talents. Wow. Good for you. That's really cool. It, it really sucks to see a team get together and work well together and uh, be happy. That's so. <laughs> yeah, we sound cheesy. Ugh. Like the more I'm hearing us, I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, this is. Yeah. People are going <laughs> to. People are going to hit pause on this part of it and just fast forward. Just <laughs> all this happiness. So my name is Michael Powell, and I'm at Gary High School, small 2A school in Northeast Texas. And I've been here for five years, feels like four since we missed last year. <laughs> and uh, this is the second time Gary has gotten to state. We were there two years ago with Crime and Punishment, and we're delighted to be there this year with Jerusalem. And Jerusalem is... Uh, uh, by the Pulitzer Prize winning Jez Butterworth. He wrote Ferryman and I got the Pulitzer a few years ago for that. And that was on Broadway here in New York. And Jerusalem is a very British show. It didn't really take off here in America, but it rave reviews in England. And so when someone wins the Pulitzer, I try to read everything that they have written because a lot of times they didn't just suddenly become good. They just suddenly got recognized. So it was good. It's a great show. We love it. It's uh, it's unique. I don't think, I, I don't even know if it's been done amateur in North America. It certainly hasn't been done by high school. It's, um, I love the script, but it's just about, I mean, it's almost rated X. It's certainly rated R, strong R. And so I thought, well, I'll never get to do it. And I wrote Nick Hearn books in London. And I just said, hey, I love your script. I, I'm mourning the fact that I can't do it for one act. 
And they wrote back and they said, man, you can do an extract. They didn't even give me permission scenes from, they said, you just, you just extract whatever you want and make it your story and tell it. And that's how we got the opportunity. Wow. Do they, do they know the, like sort of the version that you ended up producing? Do they know uh, what story you ended up telling? No, no, they don't. And, uh, you know, and, and they've been so accommodating along the way. We're so delighted. There was a there was a problem with my cutting with a character coming in late that I couldn't introduce very well early. And so I wrote them and I said, hey, I really need the I need to say I need to say this particular line in this particular spot just so everyone will know who this character is. And uh, they said, well, ask Jez. And so they they contact Pulitzer Prize winning Jez Butterworth about little Gary high school's production. And he says, sure, add that sentence. So we have a special, uh, another, a line, you know, that's not in the Broadway production that, that kind of clarifies our cutting. And yeah, it's, it's just been such a journey. This, this script is, is so powerful. The characters are so interesting and uh, we're, we're loving the journey. That's awesome. Did you choose this show for this particular year being how the year has been, or did you kind of go about your normal selection process? No, it was definitely particular. Uh, The normal part about it would be that I have a guy who, who played Tevye and Fiddler on the Roof. And this, this show is about an eccentric storyteller who uh, doesn't like that things are changing around him. So very similar to Tevye fighting tradition versus progress, you know. And so I knew when he played Tevye as a junior in the fall, I was like, I got to find a script for him. So that part was normal. But this script tells the story of Rooster Byron, Johnny Rooster Byron, who who's lived in the woods for 25 years. He's kind of a grown-up, crude kind of Peter Pan character who who won't leave and doesn't pay taxes. And now uh, they've developed around him and they're going to evict him and he just won't leave and he's not going to leave. And so that was particular to this time. The the stubbornness, uh, I, I don't know how to say it without, I don't mean it to sound negative. I mean, a positive sort of stubbornness that is unique to Americans and even more unique to Texans. Right. Uh, I thought it would be a cool to tell that story and, and really it's kind of interesting because it's not political anyway. I don't mean it politically. I just meant I didn't want us. I wanted to celebrate that stubbornness, even though he's wrong. He should pay taxes, but it's still still (laughs) something unique to celebrate. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. As a lifelong Texan, I'm not offended. (laughs) So, and and I'm Jewish. So though, when you said Jerusalem, I was like, Oh, this sounds just like my, (laughs) sounds like my cup of tea. Yes. So yeah. Enjoy your podcast. Uh, Billy Dragu and and, yeah. and even the tidbits at the end talking about the Jewish faith. I, I I enjoy your podcast a lot. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. I'll make sure that stays in. Uh, so yeah. got, what are some challenges that you uh, had this year, if any? I've ha- I've now interviewed a couple people for this particular episode, and a couple of them have said that they haven't had any challenges other than kind of the normal, you know, a kid missing because they have a doctor's appointment or something like that. But have you had any right. unique challenges or anything you can speak on? Um, yes, I had a unique challenge. Uh, you know, as far as COVID challenges, I did, I had, I had some kids, uh, I think good grief. We have 14 in the cast and I think our last count was eight or nine of us have had it. I, I had it. I had low grade fever for eight days. It was terrible. I was really sick for three days. Yeah. Um, 
And so it's certainly not something I want people to get, but, but our, but our County had low numbers and our school had low numbers. And so I didn't have the obstacles that some schools had. And, um, and so I, I, I had, <laughs> I just kind of always thought we're not going to get to do one act. And so I really stuffed our fall. We did Midsummer Night's Dream and then Beauty and the Beast and um, Our Town in the fall. Those three shows, because I thought I got to get a year's worth in because what if, you know, what if it happens right. again? And so uh, then it started happening and we've, we've worn masks every performance. Uh, we've had no audience. This this is one of the exciting things about state for us is that we're going to be right. able to take masks off on stage and have an audience. We yeah. haven't ever had that. And so the, the unique struggle, all of that to say that that was, you know, that was okay. I did have a unique struggle where I removed a kid from stage uh, before regional contest. He, I just didn't, he just wasn't doing right. right. And, uh, and I had to choose between the good of the play and the good of the program. Right. And I chose the good of the program. And so I was very thankful that we still advanced. Yeah. But that was, that was a unique struggle for me. I haven't had to make that decision yet. Uh, in my career, usually when I cut people, it's early. I've never, I've right. never in the middle of one at play season, I've never had to remove anybody. This is my right. first time. So. My name's Sarah Stearns and I teach at Bryson High School and I've been teaching there for nine years, but I've been teaching 15 years total. Um, I've done one at play for 15 years, all 15 years. And, uh, I majored in theater. I've done theater since I was probably in sixth grade. So it is a, it's a passion and of mine. Like I'm glad that I keep to keep getting to do theater. And uh, um, my name is J.R. Stearns and uh, I'm married to the director, obviously. Um, I've been teaching for eight years, all eight years at Bryson. I've only been doing three years of theater. Um, I'm more of the tech nerd, so right. I do all the I do all the techy stuff, the lights, the sound, the special effects, you know. So that's that's my role. <laughs> Great. So, and what show did you guys do this year? Is that kind of what you wanted, or do you need? To... Yeah, no, that's perfect. Oh, <laughs> uh, we did still magnolias. Oh, still. Oh, wow. Did you do you, do you have the hair dryers? <laughs> oh, we have all of it. Luckily, I have a a parent who owns a beauty shop super nice and she pretty much let me borrow 90 percent of her stuff well uh, we have two two chairs two uh dress chairs a hair dryer a, a washing sink yeah it was pretty cool she was really that's, awesome that's really cool so now the next question you might have answered this i don't know maybe you chose it because you knew you'd had the hair dryers but uh why did you choose this show for this year in particular did you just know you had the girls did you uh did you want to give a message uh no, no. yeah <laughs> this was actually we um, actually uh, wanted to do uh, what we had done women of Lockerbie last year and then COVID hit and we couldn't finish it. So I had all the same kids and I decided, well, we'll do it again because we didn't get to finish the show and the kids were really disappointed. Well, then uh, one of my students, the main male part decided to leave and go to a different school and I didn't have anybody to replace him. So then I chose uh, decision Heights and because I had a ton of girls ton of girls and decision heights is nine women so we had casted it ready to go but i it was taking a while to hear back from the publishers and when i heard back from them they told me uh well the uh, writer doesn't want you to cut it wow she said 
so I was like, well, it's on the approved list. I know it was done last year. Yeah. I guess she changed her mind. Yeah. So about mid January, I went, I looked at him and said, you know what? I love still Magnolias. It's been on my bucket list forever. I've always wanted to do it. So we're doing it. And so I knew it, I was familiar with it. And so we just went. Wow. Good. I mean, and here we are. Yeah. yeah and here we are. So it was a good choice. <laughs> I, my next question was going to be, did you have any complications, difficulties this year? But I mean, it sounds like that was, that might've been it right we, there. We did have quite a few. Well, actually. I mean, yeah. you know, we had the normal ones that everyone had COVID. Yeah. We had, you know, one kid would be out with COVID and we'd finally get her back. And then the next one would go down. Yeah. We, had very, we had a lot of Zoom practices. Yeah, yeah. Lots of Zoom practices and Google meets. And of course we had the same thing that the whole entire state of Texas had the snow apocalypse. Right. <laughs> so we right. lost that whole week. And the girls, luckily, my six actresses are very committed and they would, tr they would go to each, they would try to find Wi-Fi and they would at least run their lines right. constantly. So if we couldn't be together, we were running our lines. What, what is your history with One Act Play? Like what is uh, your success history or even as a, maybe it, were you a student in the, in the process or? Yes. Okay. Yes. Actually, I did One Act Play in high school um, with, Jack Cody. Okay. I don't know if you know him or not. The, that name sounds very familiar. So uh, yeah. he's from Graham. Okay. Uh, it's funny. I actually use him as a clinician now. Okay. <laughs> and uh, um, I did, but uh, didn't really have that much success in high school, but just always loved theater. Sure. Did it all through uh, college. Then I became a teacher and, you know, started doing one act play as a high school teacher. And uh, first couple of years were rough. Couldn't get out of district. And then um, moved here to Bryson, and I was able to make it to area the first three years. Okay. And then we broke the area curse, and we did regionals <laughs> the next two years. And then we finally made it to state, and we actually won the state championship. Oh, wow. And two, her, her and Christy Stout. Yeah, me and Christy Stout, not him. Okay, yeah. <laughs> he just joined. Ugh. So in yeah. two, 2016, <laughs> we won the state championship. And then the next year, we didn't get out of area. And then the following year, we got back to state, and we got – second runner up did did you so this is my third trip did you find after going to state the first time there was a new kind of pressure on you yes yeah <laughs> yes because especially when uh christy left yeah um i was all by myself and i was trying to find a director to help me um i also had a whole town looking at me going did because christy and i were a really great team and i miss her a lot right but a lot of people were like did christy do it or did Sarah do it? You know, like they didn't understand that we needed each other. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah, absolutely. And so there was that, that pressure of the town going, mm, is this program going to go Yeah. now that Christy's gone? And then my first year I had it with him, which he was fantastic. We got alternate to state. Cool. So I was very, very happy and, and I, proud of that. As a, as a, uh, married theatrical couple like the directing couple uh i just did the same thing to my kid by the way so <laughs> but we have four <laughs> well yeah i've only got two so but i just gave her the finger and said get out not the not the <laughs> finger but anyway um as a mayor do, do you guys yeah do, yeah do you guys bring home the work or do you try to keep it out out of the house Two of our daughters are the lead actresses. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's in the house. Yes. And, yeah. Yeah. and the, the other actresses, they, they live at our house. Yeah, per, pretty much if I don't have at least half the cast at my house, it's you. a weird day. Yeah. yeah. So, because um, 
Fian and Bryson, we're about 15, 20 minutes away from where a lot of the kids live. And we can't have rehearsals till late at night because of sports and stuff like that, which is fine. We share the kids with everybody. So a lot of times kids will just come straight over to my house after school because they don't have a place to go or else they're waiting three or four hours or they'll get done with sports at 530. And they're like, well, I don't want to drive home to drive back back. So I always have kids here. So, yeah, it's always at the house. (laughs) That fascinates me. I'm spending more time with you than I, I did other people just because I think it's kind of funny personally. Uh, when, when I was in high school, it was that same mentality, but there they were five, four, a high schools, uh, mm-hmm. doing that, uh, that kind of behavior. Now, if you're a five, a or six, a high school, that, that kind of thing doesn't happen, you know, but, <laughs> but in the one, two and three, a, because it's just smaller towns, it's, you know, mm-hmm. no, nothing against the schools or the towns. It's just a different sort of mentality and mindset that, mm-hmm. Yeah, you are all family. Everybody knows everybody. So uh, I, I I love that. I think that's great. Well, I mean, I, I actually couldn't imagine not having a house full of kids. Yeah, right. It exactly. would be weird. I'm Chris Shumake. I'm the theater director at Abilene Wiley High School. Um, this is my 10th year at Wiley. And uh, not Wiley in Wiley, Texas, but in Abilene. Um, we get confused quite a bit. Um, and I taught one year previous to that. So this is my 11th total year teaching. I taught one year at Aubrey, um, just outside of Denton before that. And, um, yeah. Yeah. Cool. So how, how, uh, how many times have you made it to state? Have you, is this your first time or have you been before? No, this is my third time to advance to state. Um, the second time at, uh, Wiley, um, we were lucky enough to go in 2018. And then before that, I believe it was 2011 in Aubrey. Um, in 2011, we did uh, the Pillow Man in Aubrey. I worked with a guy named Donald Gibson there, and we advanced the state. And then in 2018, um, we advanced with uh, the Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime. And then this year with uh, the Miraculous Journey of Edward Tulane. All right. What is, what is it about this show that you think got you uh, to state? Oh man, it's the story. Um, I've got an excellent group of kids who, you know, we've set high expectations for, and they've met them every step of the way. Um, we've got an, uh, a talented group of kids. We do all of our uh, music live on stage, and uh, they just do an excellent job of telling this, yeah. this really sweet story. Yeah. Did you choose your show for the kind of the the more traditional way, in that we, you know, as, as directors, we choose it mostly for who do, who do we have? What's our team, mm. you know, or did you choose it this year because of kind of where we are in the world or a little bit of a little bit of B or? Well, I'll be honest with you. I chose it last year and um, <laughs> I was, I was lost. I was look, looking for the perfect show for that group of kids. And um, I've, I, I stopped on it because the, the name of the child in the play is Abilene. And I was reading through dramatic publishing and, and, and hey, I live in Abilene and this girl's name is Abilene. So uh, I, I stopped there and then right. I did some research on the show and um, had kind of remembered that it's a, based on the children's novel. And I remember that and it's just the sweetest story you, uh, you could ever hear. And um, I knew the opportunities for live music and those sorts of things and the talents of the students that I have. And uh, so, yeah, it just kind of 
right away fell in love with it. And so we started it last year and we did it at district and then, um, you know, everything was shut down at that point. And I moved on from it. I was like, I don't, you know, we're not going to do this. It's going to be stale. And I had so many um, parents and students come to me and was like, oh man, if you could do that again. Yeah. And it still worked. I, I had some uh, great seniors last year um, that moved, but I kind of, you know, looked at it as, you know, if we did it this year, it, it still fits these kids and, and maybe even a little bit more. And um, so, yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah. After the kids came to me in mass and said, "Can we please do this again?" I was I was sold. Yeah. They bought in. So yeah, good. Mm-hmm. Did you did you experience any uh sort of hiccups along the way or any difficulties whether it be related to COVID or mm-hmm. not? Uh things that you can share that are that that you can go on the record with that that kind of got in the way of your <laughs> your uh process if you will. I'm not going to lie. This one has been easy, <laughs> a smooth one. I mean, yeah, you know, you always expect the, the yeah. hiccups along the way and uh, you know, we're, we're almost done and hope that we don't experience any big right. hiccup, but uh, no, we've had uh, the kids have been amazing. Our administration's amazing. Uh, the community is amazing. Uh, and, and the kids are um, so resilient, you know, we ask them, you're going to have to rehearse every day in, in masks they do that you're gonna have to perform in masks they do that they um uh, whatever we've asked of them they've done and done been happy you know just to have the opportunity to perform this year right that's good uh and and were they kind of last year were they uh uh the kids that returned obviously not your seniors Uh but were they just kind of ready to just get the ball rolling and let's just do this and 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 hit the ground running kind of thing Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, we, we've been lucky enough to be able to do shows. We did um, uh, a musical in the fall in masks and limited, you know, seating and that sort of thing. Uh, but they absolutely, after the lost opportunity of last year, uh, we're just, you know, excited to get to do right. things. Um, right. Um, so we've had the opportunity actually to do a fairly close to normal season for us. Yeah. I think sometimes, you know, because it was, don't feel ashamed for saying it was easy. That, that just means it was right. You know, that, that some, something, some stars have aligned somewhere that, that that have allowed you this opportunity. Uh, well, Chris, um, you know, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, well, my name is Aaron Moore. And this is my 28th year to teach. I am currently at Sealy high school. And I am in year 21 here at Sealy. 21. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. Good for you. I did not. Re- I did not realize you were at Sealy for so long. I I know you were at. Um, uh, it says on. I'm just looking at your face. My crack research team says that you were at uh, Waller <laughs> High School, and then uh, A&M. Con- I didn't know that A&M Consolidated was a high school. Yes, I taught at um, Waller for my first five years of teaching. Okay. And if you ever um, want to do a podcast on what not to do, I will give you a call. Okay. Um, that might be Because I was young. And <laughs> I was young, and, I mean, it was so much fun. But, right. oh, my gosh. When I think back now, I'm like, maybe I shouldn't have given that kid the key to my cars and, I mean, the keys to my car to go put gas in it every day, you know. Right. <laughs> and then I taught at A&M Consolidated for two years, and that used to be the only high school in College Station. Interesting. 
Okay. Yeah, I didn't know that. And um, if you um, look at them, I think they went to state one act play in like 1929. Oh, I'll I'll make sure Billy. Uh, Billy, I know you're listening. Get back to me. On that one. <laughs> uh, he's the he's the research guy. And you are actually from where I live now. You're from Richmond, huh? Yes. Yes. I grew up in. Um, well, I was born in uh, Richmond, Rosenberg area. We lived in Galveston, Texas City for a few years, but okay. then we moved back. Okay. So I went to Lamar. Okay. Yeah. Well, Lamar consolidated because if yeah. anybody's, yeah, because Houstonians, <laughs> Lamar is Lamar, not. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I think there's a Lamar in Austin or someplace there, else. Yeah. Too. There is. Well, there's also a college, university. So. Um, right. I went there too. So. <laughs> oh, you did. Oh, you did. It says it right there. That's where yeah. I got uh, when I went there for my uh, administrative master's. Ah, oh, we have something in common. Okay. Well, I, mine was online. So, um, mine was too. And it's oh, very useful. Yes. I've used it so much. Yeah. As, that's uh, the same with me. I, I've had <laughs> lots of people say to me, like, when are you going to use that? I'm like, I don't know. It looks good on paper, but, um, <laughs> you know, so I want to. The budget classes were good. How to work with a budget was probably the most useful thing I've ever studied. Um, yeah. That's mine was, uh, how uh, this is going to sound crazy uh but it was it was how to just write and speak with better and more succinct words um that's <laughs> I, i'm i'm serious that's i mean i feel like that's my biggest takeaway from grad school but anyway it's not about me even though my name's on the podcast but um uh so i want to know uh for this year uh, right. did, did you choose the show for this particular year or was it and I know that sounds like a funny question, or was it chosen like normal where you, you know, you've got this kid that can fill this role and this kid that can fill that role, or was there a, a purpose behind your show that you chose? Um, I always choose the show. I, I search high and low like everybody else for a show that fits my kids the best. And um, I used to, I've actually done this show before. I did it in um, 2013 and we made it to region and I love the show. It's a beautiful story. And so when I'm looking for shows, I've finally gotten to the point where I have to realize that just because I've done a show doesn't mean the kids have done a show before. So I never thought I would do the show again because I'd already done it. But that doesn't mean the kids that I have now don't get to experience this great work. So um, I did pick it for these particular kids, and it was between this show and The Boys Next Door when we had auditions. Okay, and uh, I don't think we've said what show. What, what are you doing? We are doing Stoneface, The Rise and Fall and Rise of Buster Keaton, and okay. it's written by Vanessa Claire Stewart. Okay, Do you, and Vanessa Claire Stewart is a, a, not a very common playwright. Have you reached out to her? Yes. Um, okay. Well, when I found this play the first time, a friend of mine had seen it in L.A. and said, oh, I saw this great show. And so then I looked it up, and I thought, oh, this is really interesting. So I reached out to her, and um, she it's not published, and it's not – done often i think it's had some regional performances in california but i don't think it's extended past uh the west coast so and i just emailed her this week and i said guess what we're going to stay yeah. so hopefully she can come down i don't know maybe she yeah, will maybe uh that'd be that would be kind of neat um I, I don't know how much you've listened to this podcast but i interviewed don <laughs> nigro uh about a month ago and told him hey we did one of your shows and He's very much, he's not into going to see his shows, but he uh, wants to be sent pictures and production, you know, production photos and all that kind of stuff. He's very interested in everybody that does his shows. Um, I'm assuming high school and up. I, I doubt there are a lot of elementary schools doing 
uh, <laughs> a, a, you know, a, a holiday feature from Don Nigro. But um, <laughs> do, so I want you to tell me, and I, I'm assuming the answer is yes, but uh, if you had any difficulties this year that you are willing to share uh, that, you know, doesn't incriminate a kid or, or adult or whatever. Um, we haven't had anything outside of what everybody else has gone through. Um, you know, obviously, you know, from day to day, are we going to go to quarantine or are our kids going to go to quarantine? But uh, most of actually all of my performers and my company members have been at school pretty much since, full time since September. Wow. So, so we didn't hit that. And of course, we had the freeze. So we yeah. lost a week like everybody else and that sort of thing. But we haven't had anything really devastating. That's good. Um, as, an, as an entire company. Good for you. And, and how many times have you been to state or flirted with it, at least? This is my fourth time. Okay. What were the other... Bill Bridesmaids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what's the difference between this show and your previous uh, three attempts? Um, shoot, I don't know. Every show is different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I, you know, you think every show is great when it gets to state, and then you get there, and you're yeah. like, every show is great at state. Yeah, right, right. So, uh, I think that probably if I had to pick something that's different, um, I would definitely say that um, oh, this cast that I have, my the company, they are um, very resilient. They've had to be, you know, because they, you just don't know what's going to hit you <laughs> every day. And so they, they're good about just, I guess that's why I don't feel like we've had anything devastating. I mean, we've had like little things happen here and there, but in the big scheme of things, the little things are really little things. So uh, I don't know. Like It's just hard to explain. My name is Matt Watson. Um, I'm the director at Deer Park. Um, and this year we're doing Moon Over Buffalo um this is my 10th year of teaching and i've been in deer park isd for about three years now okay um yeah <laughs> How, what's what's the what's the uh history of deer park high school as far as one act play is concerned so uh deer park high school is definitely i feel like one of the names of the one act play world um and that is entirely my predecessor kelly lawrence um in the last, what, like 10, 15 years, she, she's taken Deer Park to state three times. Um, so it, it was a little scary, a little nerve wracking taking over this year because she retired, you know, at the exact right time she got out right <laughs> as COVID was uh, right. <laughs> taking over the world. Right. Um, but that, yeah, that made for a really nerve wracking year. Um, so this year, uh, it's, it's super cool. And uh, not not expect you you can never expect to to advance the state but especially like this year the first year post kelly lawrence uh it's been a trip it's been a really really cool experience that's great uh do you think there and i don't i'm i'm not at all trying to take any credit away from you but is there a residual kind of program uh element to to your show this year that that kind of carried over is there you know, I, I, it's your show, um, but is there that kind of, you know, some of those actors have been trained and, and they kind of know the system and, you know, that, that, that carryover, if you will? Uh, well, it's, it's largely, uh, it's interesting because it's a largely new group. Um, 
of the 22 kids in the company, seven of them are freshmen, um, which I've never, I mean, I've never experienced that. Um, They, but they kind of, they came in very hungry. Um, We have a small handful of seniors. Um, None of the, well, only one of them has actually done one I played before. Um, I say that done one I played and taken it to contest. There were a couple of them uh, that were in one I played last year, but we, we were one of those people that didn't even get to go to contest. Um, like we went, drove to Beaumont, did our official rehearsal, and on the drive back from Beaumont, uh, we got the word that everything was canceled wow. and shut down. And um, so a lot of these kids they they never they had never even seen contest before. Um, but I, like the legacy of Kelly Lawrence, absolutely like ripples. You know, um, the fact that you know Deer Park is one of those. Uh, the companies that has gone to state before the kids like have older siblings who were in companies that went to state they they have that hunger in them you know um which has been kind of nice to sort of push them a little bit uh you know push them along and and, and get them interested and involved uh yeah how Uh, how was that last year i mean like we we got to compete twice um uh, uh our district did at least how was that for the kids how they take that at that time it was rough. Uh, well, because a lot of, and anybody who's done what I played knows this, like the rehearsal process, the clinic process, um, it's arduous and it's not quite fun. I, I, I it, it's fun. We do this because we love it, but you know, that like going to contests, that's kind of the payoff, right? Putting your show in front of an audience and, uh, those awards and like all this stuff, like that's, it's kind of a payoff on the tail end of a very long and, 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 and not fun process uh so these kids especially the ones that had never competed before um they kind of walked away from the one act play process thinking well this is complete garbage that was nothing that was that wasn't fun at all i got like i got roost um and uh the flip side of that this year was that the ones that were in the process last year finally realizing it clicking into place uh once we got to go to contest um oh this is what they were talking about this is oh yeah this actually is fun this is rewarding um yeah yeah good for them yeah i mean it's uh yeah i don't think anybody's in this for the rehearsals and the clinics i mean the clinicians are but (laughs) (laughs) but not a lot of us are in it for the you know let's let's pack a truck uh eight times over the next two months and uh unload it in the rain and the heat and all that kind of stuff depending on where you are but uh so let's build your set and take it down yeah, every single day build those oip muscles sounds just dreadful but uh did you so did you <laughs> this year and it can be related to the rona or not did you have any difficulties this year uh pertaining to your show and things that you can share and, and disclose uh well i mean i feel like most directors in the state probably went through the same thing um the just the challenges of picking a show um we didn't know. I feel like people kind of forgot. Like in, in January, when did they actually post what this contest was going to look like? Do you remember what date that was? Uh, I I don't remember because I deleted the angry post on Facebook. So no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but when, when those, it those ripples a times. got yeah. sent out, into yeah. the, it was like January. I feel like yeah. most people at that point had already picked their show and cast their show, um, just anticipating not knowing what to anticipate whenever they came out and said everyone has to wear masks um that was a i 
I made a decision earlier on in this year that like I wasn't really planning on getting my um I can't think of the phrase that I'm trying to say, but get, getting getting knotted up, getting right. bunched up and any kind of thing that came down from a COVID thing. I've sort of had a, a philosophy of throw your hands up in the air, do what you freaking can, because um, we're all kind of dealing with this thing together. Um, if we all have to wear masks, we all have to wear masks. I'm not really going to worry about it. Um, I'm not going to try and like, I, I'm not going to try and problem solve. Like, how do I make masks work in my show? Like, I, I genuinely didn't care. Like, it is what it is. It's COVID year. We're going to do the best show we can. Uh, we're going to pick a play that I think we can have fun with. And I think, you know, is good for our group. Um, I'm not really going to stress super hard about, you know, X, Y, and Z of, is this going to work with masks? Is this going to work with no audience? Um, so through the many iterations, and then like, once that announcement was made, I feel like they kind of, they circled around and made another decision that said it would be site-based. You Like, do you remember all of this? Um, oh, yeah. It was it was kind of a back and forth, and a every every two weeks there was a new thing, which has been the motto of this year. Every two weeks, everything changes. Um, so that was a challenge. <laughs> um, but we we got I I would call us incredibly lucky. Uh, we didn't hit you know a COVID wall until after we advanced out of by district. So in the three weeks leading up to region, we finally. I mean, like, I hate to say it like that, but finally, like, yeah, we, we had to deal with that. Right. Uh, we had to shut down rehearsals the week after by district um, and everyone had to get tested. It was, it was a mess. Um, but uh, we bounced back from it. There was, luckily it was like far enough in advance of contest that it didn't impact the actual, you know, contest. Right. Um, we finally got our whole group back for contest. Um but it definitely shakes you, you know, it shakes you. Anybody, any director around the state that's dealt with it, it definitely shakes you as a, as a company. So what do you, um, what do you take from this year uh, moving forward? What, what kind of thing are you going to uh, take out of this year to, to kind of use in, in future years besides like wash your hands and sneeze into your arm? <laughs> Wear masks forever. Uh, yeah, no, right, right. Um, no kissing. Uh, do not share food and drink. Uh, well, that one's always bothered me. There's do some not share schools that do drinks. that. There's some sc- <laughs> the no kissing thing, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, do not share food and drinks. That should. Uh, that's a whole another argument, right? No, and, and they're teenagers. They don't really think about it. But you know, as adults, we're like, come on now. That, that's just asking to get the flu. That's just asking to get like, why are you? Yeah. Um. So if nothing else, I hope they're you know way more aware of their own biology and their own susceptibility to, you know, all kinds of uh, pathogens or whatever. And, okay. Biggest lesson though, like for real, biggest lesson for me. And I've tried to kind of push on the kids. Um, I got to a point where like, I stopped enjoying doing this thing that we do. It, it feels a little bit like beating your head against the wall. You work really hard. You work really hard. We glorify this, this idea of um, I'm going to toil seven days a week. I'm going to, shirk my at-home responsibilities i'm not going to talk to my family i'm going to do it, it, it we fall into this trap of um sacrifice for your craft do do everything you can for your craft and i'm not saying that um hard work isn't a, a good thing and not a value that we should push um but this year because of last year when everything stopped uh, you know what i mean like it's the same lesson i feel like a lot of people learned um take time for yourself uh take time for your family 
And the time that you spend in rehearsal is just as important as the time you spend outside of rehearsal. Um, find that balance. I feel like we actually did that this year, um, which is a little bit a little bit different. Um, and that is something that I, it's been a pretty life changing thing for just me personally. Uh, but I think I think it's been good for the kids too. Um, and that's something that I definitely want to do moving forward. Um, I'm Tanya Harper. I am from Whitesboro High School in Whitesboro, Texas. We're a 3A school, and this is my fifth year at this particular high school. It is my 26th year to teach, so I've been doing this for a while um, in several different schools across the state, and um, we are privileged to have advanced to the 3A state tournament with the show A Monster Calls. A Monster Calls is based on a novel written by Patrick Ness and was devised by the company at the Old Vic Theater in London uh, about four years ago. They devised the show. Well, not really four years. Um, the book is about um, 10 years old. And then um, so within the last four years, they devised it. And then the script was created based on that devising work by that company in London. And um I found the show actually from a very funny friend of mine, Glenn Price. Um, he suggested it to me last year. And then another friend of mine, um, Craig Hurdle, said, hey, this looks like a show that you would, that fits your style and what you guys do. And so after that suggestion by both of those really gracious guys, I read it and um thought yep this is the one for us and so we are really excited to be doing a monster calls this year that's fun and um is, is this a, a a play that fits your kids or is this a play that kind of fits how what you normally do well a little bit of both i always um i always choose my shows based on the kids that i have depending it um I, I learned early in my career to quit directing things that I like <laughs> and um, based solely on the fact that I like them. Now, of course, I love what I direct most of the time. Um, love is the correct terminology. Um, but yeah, I really examine my kids and what their strengths are. And then a lot of times it really depends on what my kids' futures look like. If I have a student who is going off to major in theater or in musical theater, and there's a certain type of genre they have not attached themselves to or learned from. I will look at something like that. Um, I, for example, I have a senior boy this year who um, is going off. Um, I have several of my seniors going off, but one in particular that had not done any kind of physical character work and really needed to have that experience before he goes off into a much larger world of theater. And so um that was a help in choosing this particular show. It wasn't chosen by any means for him, but when I knew he needed that, it was a check mark in the, that would be a great show for us column. That's fun. So yeah, that's good. I, I appreciate that insight. Sometimes the answer is yes. <laughs> so <laughs> that's very good. That would be way too simple for me. <laughs> no, it's good. I and I appreciate you talking about Glenn and Craig too. I've had I've had both gentlemen on. I'm gonna be having uh, you know, I don't know what order this is in the world of how this podcast is gonna lay out, but Glenn's gonna be on 
this episode as well. So maybe he's already been on, maybe he hasn't, but I, you know, I haven't interviewed him yet for this, but he also advances oh, here. That's, so that's, that's so awesome. Yeah. Yes. So. Well, he and I joked about it. He goes, well, if you get to state with this one, you better, you better give me a shout out. And I give him a <laughs> shout out every time we do it, regardless if we were going to get to go to state or not. But yeah. So, Glenn, if you hear this, this is your official shout-out. Thanks, man, there for the go. text. It's awesome. <laughs> there you go. I'll make sure he knows about that. That's great. Yes, make so, sure he knows. <laughs> so, do you, did you have any complications this year that, that you can disclose? Anything that uh, was unique, odd? Uh, maybe you just had the normal stuff, or did you have anything that kind of was uh, a result of this type of year that's happened? Uh, over, I just keep saying this past year, but, yeah just talk well yeah no i got you um actually um we 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 had a very i mean everybody i think is going to be able to say a little bit of what i'm about to say but because of covid we did not have a rehearsal with our entire cast present until the last week in february when we went to a clinic and so we worked our kids were you know we we are we have been 100 percent face-to-face since school started um we're in a small district we've had minor uh, dealings with the virus although I mean I've had the virus my kids have had the virus but um rehearsals were very different obviously masking up the first time my kids ever took a mask off was at the bi-district contest um we never have rehearsed without them but we also had lots of rehearsals in the first six weeks of our rehearsal process on zoom um, all three of my main uh, principal actors um, were at one point quarantined. And so my first week and a half, we of re- well, the first two weeks of rehearsal, we went without the monster. And the next two weeks, we went without the mom. And then the next two weeks, we went without the little boy. And so all three of the main, the main parts of the storytelling um, we did without until our very first festival toward the end of February. So other than that, and if you disc- you know, don't count the mask issue, um, it's been a fairly normal year, but that's as, I guess, normal being in quotation marks, what yeah. is normal at this point. Yeah. So, you know, as far as, I mean, anything else, we're, gr- it's been a good, it's been a good year, but it was frustrating there for the first six weeks when it was, we, we did double cast. We have two casts um, within one cast. Like if one person went down, we would totally shift. We actually went to a clinic with the alternate company and it was quite crazy trying to, kids are learning two roles, but you know, you do what you got to do. And um, we were just grateful that we got to do some live theater this year. So yeah. Um, we just, we just try to step forward in gratefulness and know that, you know, we're getting to do it. So we'll make whatever concessions we need to make to get that done. Do you you think clinicking with that sort of alternate cast helped the, I don't want to say lead cast, but the, I guess the, the, the varsity kids, I don't, I don't know what you would label them, but the main cast, would you, do you think that helped them at all to kind of see uh, and understand how other people are interpreting these characters? I do believe it did help. Yes. Um, because, you know, for example, what happened is my monster was, um, he, my, it's actually my little boy had to be out. So the boy who played my monster then played the little boy. And then the person who had played a father turned into the monster. It was a complete shift of every male in the company. And so 
Um, I think they learned to appreciate the work that was being done by the other person with that part. Um, and then it, they did find some nuances. They're like, oh, I hadn't thought about that when I am playing that character. So there were some little tiny nuances here and there that were really eye-opening for the kids to do. I'm not so brave to say that we will do that again <laughs> when we don't have to, right, right, but right. It, it was a very positive. It was hard, 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 hard to do um, because we rushed it to get it done. It took about four days to totally flip the, the whole cast. But then when we flipped it back, there was much relief. And so we learned a lot in that process. But like I said, I don't know that we would do that again. My name is Glenn Price. I am the theater teacher at University High School in Waco, Texas. Um, I've been here for 11 years and uh, yeah. Okay. And th is this the, this is uh, the only uh, school you've taught at? I forgot. Yes. Okay. Only I school. I should remember. Um, so you, you guys, uh, what show are you guys doing this year? We are doing um, The Trestle at Poplet Creek by Naomi Wallace. Interesting. I've never heard of that. Uh, is that a is that on the approved list, or is that one you had to send in? It's one I had to send in. Um, it was written in two thousand one. Okay. Um, it was actually the first play I ever saw out of high school um, that was directed by Tal Ostraco. So that is that's my connection to it. Okay. And what made you choose it this year? Was it that you knew you had the kids? Was it related to uh, the you know, the current situation, what, what was it that drew you to the show this year? Um, it's a, a combination of things. Actually, I have been want, wanting to do this play ever since I saw it. And, um, every, every, uh, class I've ever had, or every acting class I've ever had has, uh, done this, have read this show. And so, uh, we were supposed to do another play. Um, and then I didn't have enough kids audition because quarantine and stuff going on so I was like you know what I'm gonna do trestle and it was the best decision <laughs> apparently good yeah what uh what did you have any complications this year whether they be related to current situations um, or I mean at the beginning of the year we've had our school shut down three times in okay. quarantine um after Christmas um we did have the quarantine but I did personally um because I caught COVID from my son um, and then I, um, what, so what I did was I had to quarantine my students in their classes. So if they were in class with other students, I asked the teacher to sit them six feet away from everybody else. Um, if they could not do that, then they had to come sequester themselves in our black box in a designated room. Oh, wow. Um, so. Okay. And, uh, yep. and, and you guys are hosting 3A this year. Uh, so yes, we are. How does how does that challenge you as regard in regards to rehearsing for state, getting ready for um, it? Not really too bad. We we just got done. Um, uh, sorry, we just got done hosting the six A region or or a six A region. So it's really the same. Um, the only difference now is that we won't be as involved with state because we leave um, the second day of state three A. And so it's really easy for us to just sit and watch and be able to enjoy and watch some shows and, you know, kind of see the experience before it happens. Well, good. Yeah. I mean, is there uh, uh, anything else you want to add for this particular year? It was short and sweet. You know, this, this version of it, we, 
if you want to go see Glenn Price <laughs> or listen to Glenn, um, there was a, we did an interview. I don't even know when it was. It was a while back now. For oh yeah, it was a while back. Yeah. Um, here's the thing I will say yeah. that I, I I feel very blessed and very honored to be able to go. Um, I've heard some people say like this was the easy year, and I'm like I this actually to me was really, really hard. Like it was kind of old school with two schools advancing. Um, and to be quite frank, I just did a show I loved and did a show and we did the best we could. Um, I am a firm believer that there's, there's no type of um, secret formula because I've been doing the same thing I've been doing. Um, and this year it just worked. I am Jackie Manius. I'm from Mason High School. I have been at Mason High School. I'm an intermittent Mason High School director. I left. I taught here for 10 years and I left and went to a larger school up the road and commuted for five years and realized that I missed the small school. And each, each school has its own crosses to bear and, the, you know, the things that they have to deal with. And I just decided I liked, I'd just rather deal with what you deal with in a small school rather than a large school. And so I was there 10, le left five. Now I'm back eight. Um, long before that, I was at um, a little school up the road when they didn't have a position here at Menard High School, who has a a long tradition um, years ago, they, they won, I don't know, four or five uh, championships in the sixties. So they, they have that in their community, a love of theater. So that's where I was. Um, and what else did you ask me? <laughs> and then just something about your show, you know, what, what show you're doing and then uh, maybe okay. a, little, a little bit about it. I'm doing silent sky. Okay. And I chose it because of the year and in this way, and it's, it's a funny story in that I chose it last year as a second show in 19, I mean, in 20. And it was because the first show, which I won't discuss the, the title or anything like that, but my first show was my superintendent and principal did not like it. And um, being in teaching as long as I have, 25 years, I think that was, you asked me about that. I knew I couldn't fight that. So why spend that energy on fighting something, even though we had already started it, we worked months on it. We had done table work, research. We had done all of this on it. And I just, I said, you know, we just gotta, gotta make a change. So I came home to my script library and I had purchased to read Silent Sky a few years ago when it first kind of was going around at one of my students, a former student was trying, was auditioning in college with the show and she wanted my help. And she said, would, would you read it? So I ordered it, read it. I really loved it, but I put it down because it's five characters and I really need more than that. So I just put it down, put it in my library. And so when I was told after I had cast this rather large show that I couldn't do that show, I came home and I was like, oh man, what are we gonna start working on? And I just started pulling and what I had, and I really did only have one boy that was ready to be on the stage. 
So I pulled out Silent Sky and it was by necessity that I was able to, I read it and I'm searching for ways to include other kids. And I read in the text something that just, it, it, you know, necessity breeds invention or concept, whatever, <laughs> however you want to think about it. But that's, I got the concept of an ensemble and I was fortunate enough for, you know, to, it took a little work, took a little work. I had to work at it to get back and forth emails, but I did get approval from the publisher to add that ensemble. And so we did that last year. We loved the show. And then we, we did get to perform it once for district. We were luckier than other people. And this year, honestly, I wasn't going to do it again because I really think I've never done that. And you were, you asked me, I'll just talk about the difficulties. Taking a show that's gone dormant and then reviving it, that was very difficult because I've never, I would never do that. My, my belief is that you want to give the kids as many opportunities to have as many roles, you know, while they're in high school. And in my size school, we are lucky to do a fall and a spring one show because kids are involved in football, football training, basketball, you know, every, every other activity. So I, looked at Silent Sky again, and I considered the year. I'm like, are we gonna get shut down again? You know, what is gonna happen? So I, I just thought, and I, we love the show. The, you know, it's so, you know, it's a woman strong show, you know, and it sort of has that um, hidden figures feel, you know, women that didn't get credit for what they'd done and their contributions. And so our kids loved it. And I had all mine back. I only lost two seniors and our lead girl was still back. And then two juniors, they're juniors now. So I just decided, you know, go with it. And because of rehearsal time you know, and putting all that, all that time and effort and then to get shut down again, it was, and I talked to the kids about it and they love the show and they said, let's do it again. And because I am, I mean, I've been teaching 25 years, but uh, I started late and I was 35 when I started teaching. So um, I was one of those people that was never going to teach, you know, that mom and dad said, you should get your teaching certificate. And um, I was a, a bachelor of fine arts major at Southwest Texas, Texas State in commercial art. I was not a theater major. So, but they always wanted me to get that. And I said, I don't want to be a teacher because I want, if you're a teacher, you've got to have a passion for it and you need to be called for it. And I'm not called for that. Well, it called for me, but you know, when I was 35. <laughs> so uh, I started late and, you know, small schools have all their different pulls and pushes about things. And I got to a point in my life where I said, I need a production class and uh, I've got to have one. No more. I'm not doing this after track and baseball and all the, you know, all that is over. And every single Sunday afternoon of my life is not, you know, I, I want to have back some of my time. And uh, they thought they couldn't do that for me. 
Um, and so I didn't really get a response. So I retired and then they hired me back <laughs> half time. So I'm really a half time teacher now and I only do one act. And so it is like the best life ever. Wow. I yeah, just get to do what I love doing. <laughs> that's great. Hi, um, I'm Rick Higginbotham, and I teach at White Oak High School. This is my second time to teach at White Oak. It's my 27th year in education. I uh, taught there previously from uh, uh, 1999 to 2004, and then I was away uh, off in the private sector for a little while, but then came back and have been here now since uh, 2013. So anyway, I'm a, I'm a two-time roughneck, if you will. Uh, but uh, I've, I've also taught at uh, Spring Hill High School, had two stints at White House High School as well, and one year at Robert E. Lee and Tyler. But as I said earlier, uh, this, is my, this is my 27th year. Wow, good for you. Okay, how many times have you been to state uh, this, uh, four, okay. this, this, this will be, be the four. fifth this year. Oh, this yeah. will be fifth. Okay. This will be the fifth. Yeah. Good for you. Would you venture to say that this is the most unique way of getting there or, or... <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. As, as every director in this state knows all too well, we were, um, just all holding our breath after last spring, you know, fortunately we were, we were able to at least get through our district meet last year and so many weren't, but, um, we were we were just grateful that we were able to have the contest this year and it, it was an altered form which was something else very unique uh you know going from district to by district and straight to region but uh you know we're just we're just tickle pink that we're getting to do it yeah, <laughs> we're real real happy and i know it's been a real juggling match for the uil i can't imagine what the past year has has been like with everything they've had to work around but you're right very very unique year yeah <laughs> to yeah, say the least <laughs> and and did you choose your show this year uh kind of in your normal way of choosing a show knowing you had the kids and and this and that or did you kind of have uh, a message that you wanted to give out uh something that that you thought was more appropriate for this type of these past 13 months that we've kind of been in right right uh Blake, no, I, I, no, no particular message or anything I was uh, going for, uh, you know, uh, as, as far as content or just uh, social, political, anything like that. Uh, it, it is absolutely based on who you have. Uh, I'm infamous, and my kids will be the first ones to tell you this, that uh, oftentimes it may be Oh gosh, it may be early December uh, before I actually make a decision on this based on how I think the fall play went. And it, it is, I mean, so golly, 60, 70% of this thing can be just getting the right script for your kiddos. Uh, if, if you do, it sure makes the next part a whole lot easier. Right. But, you know, originally uh, we were going to do Death of a Salesman this year, Blake, and uh, I had to... Uh, I was already going to be stretched just a little bit uh, because we we have kind of a we're, we're a pretty small department and uh, and then we we had somebody that had to move and it was gonna it was gonna stretch us too thin and it was gonna be trying to fit a square peg in a round hole and so uh, six years ago when I was here at White Oak uh, we 
we took a run at 1984 and it's just, uh, it's just something that I still had on my desk and wanted to give another try. We had the right people for it. So we, uh, we had already cast death of a salesman and, uh, you know, the kids, we, we hadn't been working with it long enough that it was a major blow to them when we changed. Of course, you know, I, I know a lot of times schools will get clear into January yeah. sometimes and things won't go well and they'll have to change. So at least, at least we knew before we went home for Christmas that right. we were changing it. But, uh, but yeah, that, that was it, Blake. Uh, it was just, you know, for me, man, I'm just looking for something that I think will be a compelling story. Uh, something that, that translates well to stage. Of course, this is one that, you know, most everybody who's been in high school English or many have read and are very familiar with, and, and you hear it quoted and talked about a lot. Uh, but that, that didn't play into my decision. I just like good stories with good roles and opportunities for some, some, uh, you, you know, in this case, you know, you can do the telescreen things and some, some real cool stuff with music and, and that. And I, I just think it's a, a great theatrical experience with a story that is very compelling and yeah. very chilling. And I just, I think it makes good theater and I enjoy it. And that's, that's why I pick it out. And just, right. and, and uh, as, as I said earlier, having the kids, you know, you got to have a, a Winston, you got to have an O'Brien, you got to have a, you got to have a Julia. Um, and, and if you've got those kids and you're feeling good about it, then dang, go yeah. for it. And that's, that's what we did. Right. And so you kind of already answered the the next question. So I, I was going to ask if you had any difficulties, but I'm assuming kind of the, the, the student moving and changing shows. And I, I would assume those are some, some difficulties you had through, through the process. Yeah, we, we did. And, uh, and, and, and luckily, as I said, it, it wasn't changing to over to, to 1984. Uh, that was something that I, I already had him had there. In fact, I'd even said in front of the kids a couple of times, I'd love to do this script again someday. And, and, and the kid that's uh, playing O'Brien uh, is good friends with the kid playing Winston. And I, they, they, they told me after the fact that they used to sit around and muse a little bit on how much fun it would be someday to do that show and play the parts that they have ended up playing. And so it kind of was a, a little bit of a, a, a fantasy fulfillment for those guys. Right, right. And so, uh, they're, they're real excited. So yeah, just, just that initial challenge. And then of course the thing, every things, every other director, uh, deals with just getting it cut, uh, being able to maintain the spine of the story and, and what can you live without? I mean, what, what can you not live without? And, and that's, that's always tricky. I mean, I, I don't know, I've, I've never watched anybody else's rehearsals, but if any other directors are like me, I mean, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're right up to dang you, you're still shaving time off the week of, of district. And then as you get on into the competition process and the kids start flexing their muscles more and more as you move up, then all of a sudden that one that lasted 38, 45, and sorry for the noise no in the background, I'm out of my front porch, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that one that was going 39, 45 at district is, you know, suddenly 39, 15 at yeah. by district and you get to region and then you're between 39 and a half and 40. So, you know, you're always, I, I guess that's probably every director though, is just that process of getting it whittled down and telling the story you want to tell and not feel like you're, you're in a, a foot race. Like this is a 100 meters and, you know, and it, not making it feel rushed because it is time being able to get it cut to a point where you can still 
have some breathing room and stretch out a little bit and tell the story and, and not be pushing your audience through it at light speed, you know? Um, hello, my name is Nellie Equiar Garcia, and I am the theater director and UIL academic coordinator at Zapata High School. I have been here for 38 years and have been teaching uh, AP Lit and theater for 38 years uh, here at Zapata High School. Uh, this is where I grew up and I wanted to make a difference in my own hometown, so I chose to come back home. That's awesome. That's really cool. So uh with regards to this year what show are you guys uh doing for one act play i wrote a show for my students called the wild bunch women a memory play and uh we had put it on last year and got to compete at it and advanced out of district but then as you know the pandemic hit and we didn't get to finish that uh that adventure so i went ahead and recast that show uh changing some genders because uh most of my kids had graduated last year and I, I really wanted to finish this show. So uh, we're doing the same show we did last year. Did you, did you write the show with certain students in mind? And yeah. Yeah, I, I, always, I always write the shows that I do uh, uh, specifically for my students in mind because of where we are at, located at and because where we come from. Um, it's really important for me to, to showcase my students in work that dignifies them as actors and doesn't uh, stereotype them or typecast them in certain types of roles. And I, I, it's difficult to find quality pieces for high school students that uh, when you want to do ethnic pieces that uh, allow them to grow without pigeonholing them somewhere specifically in culture that's not relevant where I come from. Right. Did you, so do you, and again, this is off topic of one act play, but you've got my mind going. Do you do, uh, like what type of shows do you normally do during the school year? Do you do? During uh, the school year, yeah. we do traditional, uh, traditional, uh, all kinds, you know, Greek, uh, Shakespearean, uh, realism. We, I want the kids exposed to everything, but once it's contest season, right. I, I like uh, gravitating towards South Texas uh, stories and legends. Right, because you know it could be seen in places to, yeah, I get yeah. you. That's, that's very smart of you. I, I, I very much appreciate that. So uh, now, as far as this year is concerned, uh, did you have any complications that are kind of abnormal that went into this year that you can share, that you can disclose? Uh, honestly, uh, COVID knocked us out for the first. We normally start one act play rehearsals in January, but my lead actress was out for three weeks with COVID. And then some of the other kids' parents got sick or grandparents. And so we really, uh, my, uh, my daughter, who is my acting director, uh, started with the musical aspect of the show first. Uh, I gave her lyrics from old folk tales and she created all the music and all that stuff. So they started on that. The acting process didn't begin till February. And then we weren't allowed to travel. So normally we depend on those critic judges, uh, you know, letting us know what needs to get fixed or what they felt was not clear to them as, uh, as judges. And we had to kind of uh, do away with all that. And so basically every time that we've competed, those judges have been our, for want of a better word, not only have they been judges, but they've been our clinicians. So at every level you see our show changing, you know, metamorphine into something else because uh, we weren't allowed uh, the, the typical clinic experience that we normally go to in February. 
Um, so it, it's been a challenge. And then of course, rehearsing with masks on at home. Uh, we do COVID testing every two weeks, um, you know, the whole spiel. So it honestly has been quite challenging. And and you you have been to state now. It looks like this is your sixth time to, yes. to go to state. Yes. Is there is there something a little more special about this year being that you've had those types of challenges? Is it, you know, not to say that this cast is a better cast than previous. Oh, ones. no. Not uh, that, but but as far as like your feeling of like accomplishment. Uh, yes, I, I honestly feel it's overcoming adversity. You know, uh, usually when you compete every year, it's it's a game of chance, right? Because in other words, judges have their their choices and you advance or don't advance depending on what three judges say. But this year, I, I think it's overcoming all the adversity that we've had at home, uh, you know, dealing with issues of, of death, as an example. Uh, some of my cast members lost loved ones because of the pandemic, dealing with issues of non-rehearsal, having students rehearsing here with me on stage, and some of them because they can't come in because they're COVID positive, rehearsing uh, on Zoom and watching and learning blocking from, from that. So this year has just been a blessing, the fact that we are where we are on uh, because of all the stuff that's happened around us. Minor.